1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. If you've forgotten the difference between watching a movie and experiencing one, you need to visit Marcus Theaters. Start by visiting MarcusTheaters.com. Time to talk music news with our music expert, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. It's really a nice day today. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Looking nice here, too, after torrential downpours yesterday. Yeah, yeah. we had those the day before. So, yeah. well, thanks for sending. Thanks for sending them. Yeah, well, we needed yeah. the rain in this part of the state. That's for sure. It has been very dry. So, uh, anyway, we're into the preseason, but nobody cares about that. Oh, only, he, if, you, only if you can sell your tickets. You have season tickets for the Lions, right? Does I that, do. Yeah. Does that include preseason games? Yeah, it does. How many? Um, we have two. We had one last week, one tonight, and I, of course, had concerts on both nights. So. Who'd you go see l- last week? Or there, who you, there, who- there have been a lot. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm in the middle of a what is it? Six shows in eight night run right now. And then uh, last week was what was it? Uh, Steve Miller Band. Oh, Pink was here on Monday at Amcam yeah, Field. Yeah, we had her Wednesday. Yeah, so she's done Chicago, Milwaukee, Detroit. Yep. All in the last swinging, few days, swinging her way literally through the Midwest. Did you make? Did you make it to any? Do you make it to her show in Detroit? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. She's great. She, okay. You know, I mean, she say what you will deservedly about Taylor and Beyonce. You know, great shows, great productions. They are not doing death-defying, you know, aerial acrobatics like Pink is. Right. She's doing the Cirque de. How do you say it? Cirque, Cirque, Cirque de Pink. Yeah, Cirque de Pink. Right. Right. Thing where she's hanging from bed sheets, oh, you know, you know sixty she, feet above the stage. Yep, and then she, at the end of the night, she flies around the stadium like a little pink Tinkerbell, you know, flying you know as high as the upper decks, and it's an it's an amazing thing. She's been doing this for years in arenas. Now she's taking it out to stadiums, and it's it's something. Swinging around on a cable. Yeah. Springsteen ever do any Tinkerbell sort of thing like that during no. his show? No, he does. He, his Cirque du Soleil moments have been like ninety degree body bends, where you look at him and like, how the hell right. are you doing that? Okay, all right. So they've got their own thing. Yeah, he's yeah. not getting hooked up to no cable. Uh, but okay. He had to call in sick a couple of days this week. Yeah, nobody's saying what it is. I mean, they during the spring leg of the tour, the initial leg, they had to postpone three shows as well because somebody in the touring party was sick, and it was largely thought to be him. I mean, you know. COVID, because COVID's they, making yeah, a comeback. And people are still, you know, are still getting COVID, and you know, who knows? I mean, he's he's a man of a certain age, so there may be things that are, you know, issues that he's facing that that men of men and women of of a certain age face. Could have pulled a muscle, could have you know, could have done anything that might keep him off stage. I think the issue the issue with that was more that the it came down, the announcement came down last minute. For the first show, I mean, there were people already at the venue, from what I understand. So, I'm not sure if this is on our list, but Madonna, who was dead a couple of weeks ago, reports were that you know she was she had to be resuscitated. Mm-hmm. Has rescheduled her tour dates, and she'll be out in October. Yeah, yeah, she'll be back out, and you know we we've been seeing her progress in real time, and she's been talking about, uh, you know, she's been talking about getting better, and. You know, improving. And so, yeah, you know, she's headed overseas, which is, that's where she was going anyway in October. 
so she'll play in Europe, and then she'll come uh, she'll come back to the U.S. Uh, starting in in December, mid December in Brooklyn, uh, and then make her make her way around the country. Who Chicago, else got the, uh, Chicago in February. Who else got the show must go on uh, award this week? Who else was that? It was. Uh... I think was there any? I mean. Lots of lots of shows are going on. So, uh, right, but she was what sick or fell or something, and then. Hmm. Well, yeah. it wasn't Adele. We know that. Yeah, no, she's still, she's still <laughs> doing her thing just fine in in Vegas. All right, since we're on the uh, on the girl power train here, <laughs> let's talk about Brittany. Oh man, and this didn't take much time getting ugly either. Mm. So we heard. We heard uh, a couple days ago that that Brittany and and her husband Sam is Gary were separating. Then we learned that Sam has filed for divorce, and now we're learning about all sorts of things that are that are part of this proceeding. That he's basically he is scared of her. She, he's accused her of domestic violence. You know that she starts fights. That she apparently likes to keep knives around the house. Well, that's scary. And, you know, and uh, you know she claims it's for personal safety. Um, he's he's worried after six years together and I think thirteen months of marriage. You know, he's just they. You know, the insiders are saying he's fed up and at his wit's end. So he has filed for divorce. It looks like this is going to be acrimonious. Uh, he's making noise about wanting to set aside what is said to be an ironclad prenup that they have, and he's he's reportedly threatening to reveal embarrassing uh, details publicly if she won't renegotiate the prenup. You know, others, other lawyers who are looking at the situation are saying that that's not going to happen, that's blackmail, and he's not, you know, he is not going to be able to get away with that, and his his attorneys will counsel him and bring him back from the brink. I agree. That sounds like blackmail. But if in a year, you know, he doesn't say, well, if you don't pay me this, I'm going to I'm going to show this off. Let's say he doesn't say that in a year. He writes a book and he's got all this stuff and pictures and blah, blah, blah. Then it's just a book that he wrote, right? Uh, Unauthorized no, by not, a- if, not if you sign a prenup. You know, if he is the if he is the unrevealed source. For a tell-all book, isn't that more of an like NDA? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what, uh, you know when you do have a, the prenup, uh, probably probably includes, includes an NDA. Uh, okay, yeah, so we have you know, your idea to pay someone to shut up. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> it just can't right. be their idea. Well, it is it, if it can be their idea if they hadn't already agreed to shut up. Mm. So that's uh, so we'll see. You know, I, like I say, God. It got real ugly real quick, and I suspect it will be that way. So you think he'll get a little more than he originally signed on for just to get him to go away and be quiet? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you know, whether this, I don't know, you know, I'm sure there will be lots of digging, but I don't know how deep we'll necessarily get into the inner workings. All right. Enough about Brittany. Let's get on to a real problem. Lizzo. Yeah. So she, well, first of all, as we know, you know, as we know, we've been talking about, she is, uh, she's being sued by some former dancers, basically for harassment, body shaming, you know, sexual harassment, all sorts of stuff. Uh, they, the other dancers on the tour, who were known as the big girl and big boys dancers, were, uh, you know, put out a message on social media in praise of Lizzo, talking about how great she is to work with for. Um, how great of a person she is, praising her for her inclusivity 
and everything. So that's that was clearly engineered as a direct counter to this lawsuit. Meanwhile, one of the things that looks like the lawsuit may cost Lizzo is a chance at, to perform halftime at the 2024 Super Bowl, next year's Super Bowl or the coming season's uh, Super Bowl. Apparently, she was on the short list and very high on the short list of potential performers for halftime, and now NFL insiders are saying that that's off. She will not. She will not be considered as long as this is going on. And you know, as we know, they've locked in the Super Bowl performer earlier and earlier each year. I mean, I suspect by the, the season opener on September seventh, uh, they'll probably be ready to announce who's going to be the Super Bowl halftime show. And it apparently won't be Lizzo. Won't be Lizzo. Gotta, nope, she was on the list. Yeah, not on the list. It was Tori Kelly that was uh, right. There you oh, go. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was sick, and then she I had think. blood clots and passed out while having dinner yeah. with friends, and then now she's uh, announced right. uh, she tour did, dates. She did call off. She did delay her tour, and now she she just announced a, a batch of new of new dates right. this week. But she and Madonna get the Show Must Go On award this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like I say, Madonna. We were we were being told this was going to happen. What does this mean? A few big stars got big bucks from shuttered venues. Yeah, this is this is just kind of an interesting story. So there there was this initiative um, early on in the pandemic. Uh, it was called the, um, the there was an exact title. It was the Shuttered Venues Operations Grant, and this was primarily designed to keep movie theaters, museums, talent agencies, clubs, things like that open. You know, at least being able to operate, not having to close down uh, because they weren't making any money. Well, apparently some artists via their touring companies also, you know, got these grants. So Chris, Chris Brown and Post Malone got $10 million. Uh, Steve Aoki, the techno guy, got $9.9 million. Little Wayne, $8.9 million. Slipknot got $9.7 million. Smashing Pumpkins, $8.6 million. Uh, Nickelback, $2 million. And there's nothing illegal about this. this this was legit it's just these you know there was there was actually a public rep- report filing this week uh, about who got what and you know presumably they used them to continue paying you know their their road crew and right the other, they're supposed other people to throw that around to their who were part of that and, and their, the, yeah. the grant yeah the grant did not make provision they did not have to provide to the federal government any sort of documentation about how they spent the money but this uh, but wasn't it, an insurance policy that covered them. This was no, this relief was a, money. This was a government grant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, and I don't know. I think there were others who I know um, when when I was talking to Sticks at one point during the pandemic, they both all their members were saying that their management and their business management had worked very hard to and found found money they could get and use to you know to continue to keep crew members paid and things like that. So it's, this is more interesting than it is scintillating, but but it is interesting to see that, you know, some of these folks got some pretty serious money to see them through the pandemic. Well, he should have just put out a new makeup line. Uh, you know, just like Alice Cooper. There you go. Not, not, the, not the first time that, uh, that Alice has been in the makeup business, but he has signed a new collaboration with Vampire Cosmetics appropriate enough. Mm-hmm. And that's Vampire with a Y, not an I. Uh, he'll have a new line of makeup. Uh, Vampire Cosmetics, the company, is known for its vegan and cruelty-free products, so it you know, makes, it, makes its 
it's it's very clean Who and organic. Who is it makeup for? Uh, anybody actually, it's, it's apparently for men or women. Okay. You know, or anybody in between. You know, if you whatever, and and the it comes in containers shaped like guitars and amplifiers, and you know the ones shaped like the lipstick are in a microphone shaped container. Okay. Okay. And then this is a, then well, this is a company. So it wasn't Vampire Cosmetics way back when, but Alice during the seventies had a had a mascara line called Whiplash. And this is the company that owns that trademark now. So then this comes in front of his new album called Road, and that's coming out a week from today. All right. And it seems like this would be more like theatrical makeup than... Yeah, no, it's, right. it's, it's, it's everyday. I mean, I'm sure you could apply it to any theatrical uses. Okay. Mm-hmm. You may use next time, you know, next year's golf outing may be a good time to, <laughs> you know, to, work, to work this into the show, but... but but it'll be Alice Cooper branded and, and, you know, and appropriate enough. All right. And Sammy's opening a resort? Well, he wants to. This is, he has professed this as a dream. He was doing, doing an interview last week, and he said, you know, after with the success he's had with his Cabo Wabos and places like that, he wants to open a it resort. It seems like the next step, doesn't it? Sure, and he said it'll be everything Sammy. Has know, he talked they, to Jimmy Buffett? I'm sure he has, you know, the two. He's he's clearly following the Buffett model, you know, and that you know, in terms of making yourself not just a, a music but a brand. And so, you know, Buffett has done it and you know, I just, I think I think it would be very successful, you know. Sammy's Island or whatever he's gonna call it. He gets pretty good credit as a businessman, oh, right? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know, he got into the he got into the liquor business, made a fortune, yeah, and produced a good product. I don't know if you've had the uh, the tequila or the rum that he makes, but these are good. These are actually good products. I will fair. wholeheartedly support anything Sammy does because he was a great guest when we had him on. He was he's just a, a he's blast. A, he's just a genuine good guy. You know, he is. He is one. He is. There are some rock stars, but Sammy is. At the top of the list of the guys who just knows what he's done and is grateful for it, and is happy to be able to do what he does, and if he if he can do some good work along with that, which he does, you know he he makes it happen. So, hey, I, a lot, lot of respect there. I didn't know Aerosmith was hiring. Well, they you know this was a this was a few years ago, but Chris Daughtry, uh, I revealed in an interview this week that he was once asked to sing for Aerosmith. Um, and this dates back to 2009, and this was when Steven Tyler was on American Idol, and the band wasn't wasn't out on the road as much. And Chris Daughtry said he got a call from Joe Perry that cut right to the chase. He said, "You know, we want to work. Steven's not out there. You want to come join our band? We like your records. You have some cool songs. We'll play those too." Now, do you do you see the is it irony in here because Steven Tyler was busy with American Idol? Daughtry was discovered on American, on American Idol. Idol, and I don't think and... that was necessarily an accident. Okay, you know, I, I, hmm. I don't, you know, I'm sure they, they you know, perhaps it was inte- it would have been intended as a jab at Stephen. Perhaps it was just here's a ready-made list of some people we ought to look at. Well, how many tickets do you think that tour would have sold? You know, it's hard to say. I don't think it would have been a big arena type of tour, but maybe you could have taken it out. To the sheds in the summer, the amphitheaters, because people people are happy to go out 
on a, on a nice summer night and see most of a band that they like. <laughs> you know, so, you know, yeah, let's go out on a hot August night, as Neil Diamond would say, and listen to Aerosmith songs with four, at that time it would have been four-fifths of the original band. You know, it's still Joe, Joe Close MF. enough. Yeah. It's, still, it's still Joe M.F. Perry. There's you know? more of them than there are of Eagles. Yeah, yeah this is true. But so, so, you know, so I don't know how that would have taken. I also I had a fun chat yesterday with Glenn Hughes who uh, rock aficionados will remember, was part of Deep Purple. He was in Black Sabbath for a minute, was in the band Trapeze. But anyway, he was, uh, he was, he, he learned later on, he was on the short list to replace David Lee Roth in Van Halen the first time around when they went with Sammy. Really? But uh, Glenn Hughes became friendly with Eddie Van Halen, and they were over visiting one day, and he said, he said, Eddie said to him, you know, you were, you were on our list, you know, for consideration when, when Roth was leaving. So that would have been an interest. That would have been interesting, too. Obviously, they made the right call with Sammy. Speaking of Van Halen, I saw a picture of uh, Michael J. Fox. This was just online. Uh, Michael J. Fox and Eddie Van Halen from the early 80s, mm-hmm. and neither of them looked over 15 in that I know, picture. That I mean, they'd, it was ridiculous. And you think about what Eddie was doing to himself at the time. He looked that way. <laughs> was impressive. Michael J. Fox, by all reports, was a you know, fairly clean liver. Yeah. You know, he was, he, he had, you know, he had TV and movies to do. Right. Ours. That was the whole point of the picture was, does anybody remember these dudes looking I like know. It's, this? It's fun, to, it's fun to see that stuff. Yeah. And this, clearly uh, they all did. This guy who's out there, Jelly Roll, you know, now he's big. He's in know, town tonight. Okay, yeah, we just had him last night. And he, you know, there's some pictures of him out when he was a young rapper, because that's he started primarily in hip-hop. And you look at him, and you look at him now, I mean, you know, there's no face tattoos. His, his hair is kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of like a buzz cut. Is it, was it Jelly Roll who said he regretted getting face tattoos? Somebody did not long it ago. It wasn't it was. Jelly Roll. There was somebody no. else. Okay. Say it. All right. Uh, where do you want to finish this week, Gary? Uh, finish this week. We should be. Yeah, we should probably, as we do, you know, make notice uh, of the significant passings of the week because there were some. Uh, now, one was uh, Gary Young, the original drummer in the band Pavement, notable. Uh, Michael Parkinson, who's a famous BBC commentator. Uh, he was in. He was in the film Love Actually. He did the interview in there, but he was a guy who talked to anybody and everybody. And if you go on YouTube. And, you know, type in Michael Parkinson, uh, you know, you'll find some really, really cool stuff. And then the, the most notable death of the week was Jerry Moss at the age of 88. He was the M and A&M. He and Herb Alpert founded the company. And this is the guy who was responsible for bringing us the police and Cheryl Crow and Soundgarden and, and a lot of major rock acts. He was an older guy, you know, more of Herb Alpert's vintage, but... He had a great ear, and you know, according to all the artists who worked with him, was one of these music guy record executives who basically said, "Look, here's here's your budget. Go make the music you want to make, and bring it back to us." They're like Wozniak and Jobs. They worked out of what Herb Alpert's garage to start yeah, with yeah, with their point, music yeah. label. Yeah, yeah. So they were conducting business business there, and they sold their label. They sold A and M to Polygram in 1989, right? Right. For three hundred million, something like that. It was it was it was a, it was a ton of money. Not bad for starting in the garage, huh? No, and they had you know there was a lot of people. But I'll bet Herb that. Alpert had a really nice garage. Uh, probably because he was, was already he was already he was already no. pretty successful at the <laughs> right. time. They, 
they you know that they formed the label. But no, A and M was one of the great legendary, like I say, music with a capital M. Uh, you know, record labels. And, they were originally yeah. Carnival Records, but it turned out that somebody had had, had that, that label, Carnival yeah. Records. So just as a placeholder, they went with A and M. They they uh-huh. never planned on keeping that as their the name of their company. No, but it looked good. Yeah, they just uh, said, "Well, you must yeah. have watched a d- documentary." I just read a. I just read Jerry Moss's uh, mm. obit. Yeah. Pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, no, and there is a documentary out about the label. About the label, that's a good one. That came out either last year or the year before. Yeah. Do you know the last act they saw they signed before they sold the label to Polygram? I do know this, but I'm forgetting it. It's your girl. You went to school with her. Oh, uh, was she the last one? Cheryl Crow was that the last sound. act they signed. I question that. Oh, all right. I, no, I question that because I think. <laughs> Because I remember other A and M acts acts coming out after. Gary uh, doesn't usually get riled, but he's a little riled right yeah, now. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll do some research and report back next week. All right, we'll pick it up there, Gary. All right, you guys have a great weekend. All right, have a good weekend, Gary. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, Gary Graff, our music expert. It's Friday morning.